Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. There is a lot that we don't know about that is going on in our world. The information we use to make decisions by is usually incomplete or inaccurate. But there is someone who is with us who knows it all. And he was born more than 2,000 years ago. I'm calling episode 44, Mary Didn't Know. One of the songs that has entered the Christmas tradition of songs in the last few years is a song originally sung by Mark Lowry called, Mary Did You Know? You remember the lines, the opening line goes, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Well, it's a pretty song, and I always enjoy hearing it sung well. But the truth is, there was a lot that Mary didn't know. Mary, first of all, didn't know that an angel was coming to visit her. She thought she was a normal young lady preparing for life with her husband. But the angel came and dropped a bombshell on her. And when the angel left, she really did not know the full extent of what was going to happen. But she went ahead in obedience. Here's the way that uh, the Gospel of Luke describes this time. I'm going to read Luke, the first chapter, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now, I can imagine that she had many more questions than answers after the angel left her. But she went forward in obedience to God. And you know what? She wasn't the only one who didn't know what was happening. Joseph didn't know either. This news had to have caught him by surprise. 
Here's how Matthew tells about the revelation coming to Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph knew that Mary had been honorable in her dealings. He knew that it was okay for him to go ahead and and marry her. He knew there was a plan, but he had no details. But he went ahead in obedience. Now, Matthew, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew, of course, all of these Gospels were not written as the events were happening. No one was following these people around with a notepad, jotting down everything that they said and did. These Gospels were written after Jesus had been crucified, had been resurrected, and then had ascended back to heaven. So Matthew had a sense of perspective that Mary and Joseph didn't have. He had seen all of this come about and had an opportunity to process that and see where it fit in to the biblical narrative. And so he had the opportunity to put it in better context than either Mary or Joseph. So Matthew recognized what this was. So in Matthew, the first chapter, verses 22 and 23, he writes, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, what Matthew was able to understand was that this was the plan since the beginning. Now, this prophet that Matthew was referring to was the prophet Isaiah. And this was written, if you look in the book of Isaiah, it is in chapter 7. Now, Isaiah wrote this prophecy some 700 years before Jesus was born. And if you read the entirety of the Bible, you see that God has always been involved in matters both large and small. He raised up and he put down nations and kingdoms, and he performed miracles for individuals. I love that he knocked down Uh, walls of big towns, or he parted seas on behalf of, of a multitude of people. But also, I love how he helped a widow and her son during a time of famine to have the basics to eat while this famine endured. So God knows what he is doing. There's nothing too big or too small for him to be involved in. And he sees the entire picture from start to finish. He is powerful and wise, and he is also good, and he loves us. 
Now, it's easy for us to forget that on a daily basis because we can only see and deal with what is going on around us in the present. But God is not constrained by our calendar or by our clock. He is at the same time present at the earliest days of creation, and He is present in our lives today. And He is present at the end of whatever life holds for all of humankind. Now, John had as good an understanding of this as a human can have, and he wrote this understanding of God's loving plan for us in the first chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 14. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John was one of those who actually did see Jesus in the flesh who lived around him, who saw his glory, and who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John realized that Mary and Joseph were participants in this most significant step in God's plan of salvation for the entire world. Jesus couldn't have given himself as a perfect sinless sacrifice for our sin unless he had come to live among us. He had to be born as a baby like the rest of us. He had to live like we lived. He had to be tempted just as we are tempted. But the Word of God became flesh and blood like us. He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. Now, as Jesus grew and entered into his time of ministry, his disciples didn't know a lot of things that they needed to know. Because as life unfolds, we seldom see where things are headed. We can make predictions, but we really don't know. We can draw conclusions, but they're always based on incomplete information. The disciples walked and talked with Jesus every day, but even they couldn't understand what he was telling them. They did like we do. They tried to fit what Jesus told them into their present reality and what they could imagine happening in that reality. But Jesus knew. He always knew what was going on. As he spent time with his disciples, Jesus told them what was coming. He told them who he was and what he had come to do. He knew who they were with all of their quirks and their shortcomings. 
but it wasn't until everything happened that they fully understood what he had been telling them all along. Then, shortly before his arrest that started the journey to the cross, he had one last time with his disciples. And in that room, and that final meal that they had together, he let them know what was about to happen, that he was about to be taken and killed. And he gave them this ordinance that we call communion today, or the sacrament, or the Lord's table. When he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So he gave them a way that even today, 2,000 years later, we still honor that memory by taking the communion, the body and the blood, we all take that same simple meal to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made because he was God with us. We are not much different than those disciples as we live our lives today. We don't know anything about what the future holds other than we know that it will be different than what it is today. But we have this assurance that God is still with us. Shortly before Jesus went to be crucified, he spoke words of comfort and encouragement to his disciples, and what he said is for us as well. Here in John, the 14th chapter, verses 15 through 21, he said, If you love me, Keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Now the Holy Spirit of God is God with us. He resides in every believer so that we need not ever feel alone. He is God with us to give us strength, wisdom, and the ability to persevere through all of life's uncertainties. God knows what He is doing, and if we go ahead in obedience to His leading, then we will find His plan. When the angel spoke to Mary and Joseph, both of them had no idea where their lives were headed but both of them consented to follow God's plan for their lives. And now we continue to assemble in the name of Jesus more than 2,000 years later to worship the product of their obedience, which had been foretold some 700 years before that. He was God with them, 
and he is God with us. God takes care of business. God is still with us today because of Jesus and his Holy Spirit that lives in us. He knows us. He loves us. Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins. He has given the believers the charge to take this good news to the world. He has a plan for us, and he knows how all this turns out. Our job is to respond in obedience and see his glory unfold in our lives. Because he is faithful, and he is with us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow, or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.